0: This is Margaret coatman Copeland- Okay, so in today's episode, I'm I'm just talking a little bit about Dr. Bernstein and um, uh, Polak, um, Dennis Polak. And of course, he has the wanderlust for traveling to different places like Africa and other places like that, which is really cool, fascinating, awesome, and such. Um, But one of the things, I I was actually listening to one of his uh, talks that he had that he put out about a week ago, and he was actually talking about how God is an inspiration for what he does, and he, he didn't really necessarily want to start talking about diabetes, he actually did it for someone, it was just one of those things he kind of fell into, and now 300 episodes later he's still on YouTube and he's still talking about what he's doing, and Uh, the power of God and how God has influenced him to actually come as far as he has. And I just had to start giggling and laughing because I'm on the same quest, and uh, long before I I knew who Dennis Pollock was, I was actually, um, you know, I had started my Facebook pages, this was over a decade ago, on diabetes. And actually, back then, I was doing more than investigation sources because I didn't know about people like Dr. Bernstein, who had been doing it for decades and was a type 1 diabetic who actually ended up reversing his diabetes. So, Dennis Pollock made a very good point. And uh, of course, you know, his, um, his inspirational messages are actually influenced by God. And I thought that was amazing, because I'm like, well, I think that's one of the reasons why I'm doing it, too. I mean, I pray every morning, and, you know, I I have to get this out there here, even though it's more of a diabetes channel, not necessarily a religious one, but one of the reasons why I do it is because I am inspired by God every day to do this, and uh, it actually just, it absolutely, I, I feel great this morning. I have to admit, I'm happy, I'm giggly, um, I'm excited because, and I, I have to, I have to get it out there because one of the reasons why I do this, of course, is because of Jesus' message to go out there and, and, and talk to people and, you know, he was the teacher, he was the healer, he was the counselor, he was everything And, and he actually is our savior. Uh, for, for Christians out there, he's our savior. And for those who don't know Christ, he is your savior. And he's done so much for this world that many people aren't aware of that. Anyways, I regress. Um, but back to Dennis Pollock. So Dennis Pollock was actually saying this, and he's always said that this, this is kind of his, his ministries. And, um... I don't necessarily, like, for instance, if, if you listen to some of my podcasts, I don't necessarily go into um, ministries, but it is a part of the ministries. It's a part of the body of Christ. And just as Dennis Pollock was saying, um, this has kind of turned into, you know, a, a, like a long-term gig, I found that, you know, a year later, I'm still doing podcasts. That's exactly what happened with me, too. This started out as just an experimental podcast because I had been on Facebook for years and have had, you know, some positive experiences on there and I just wanted to take it to the next level and it, it just seems to be growing. So, of course, of course, I have to actually talk about how awesome this is and how awesome our God is to actually reach out... Uh, to mankind in different forms and fashions to let you know that, yes, he is the Savior and that you must be born again, as it says in Scripture, uh, to come to Christ. So uh, John 3.16 says it best. So go ahead and turn your Bible John 3.16. Okay, so thank you, Dennis Pollock, for actually providing that. And, of course, Dennis Polak and me are on the same page. Now, of course, I'm not a dietitian. I am not a doctor. I am not a therapist. I am not anything in the medical community. And I have not found anything to follow yet, Um, except for uh, Dr. Ekberg. Now, he's a holistic doctor. And so holistic basically means taking care of the mind, body, and spirit. I would have no problem with that, except I'm a God-believer, and so a lot of the holistic, and I, I'm not quite sure, um, or Dr. Eckberg, if, if he's like a godly person, or if he's more of a holistic yoga-type person, but, um, for instance, in the Christian world, we don't necessarily practice yoga, because yoga is a different type of religion, so to speak, so, um, So really, this is catapulting into something new, is uh, more on a Christian perspective, rather than a a holistic approach, as per the definition of holistic. So now, uh, in holistics, they can say things such as uh, replacing, you know, know, exercise isn't important, of course, you can still exercise stuff of that nature, but... But, you know, how some people in holistics, they meditate. And, of course, Christians, they pray. You know, in holistics, they do yoga. and Christians, they go to the gym and exercise. So, um, there's some differences. And so that when, uh, you know, and also I don't practice acupuncture. I don't uh, practice aromatherapy. uh, Not in the, per se, of medicine, per se, just more of like, you know, making my house smell good maybe, but that's about it. I'm sure there's practical purposes for that, but that's not what I'm into. So, um, I don't practice Feng Shui, um, or... I, I was actually practicing Tai Chi, but however, I'm going to have to be corrected on that one because Tai Chi is also a type of spiritual practice, which is not necessarily a Christian practice. So, I might have to change that a little bit. but. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that by any means, it's just that um, it's a different path and a different walk. So we're eight minutes in and you're probably thinking, what the heck is she talking about? Well okay, don't mind me, I'm just an excited girl, I'm that diabetes girl that, that was just excited today. I just had a few really good things happen. So um, and and it all stems from YouTube and listening to some amazing people. I have not listened to uh, Stein Eckberg yet, uh, an episode that he actually has yet, because I think I binge-watched him over the weekend, and so I'm a little bit Stein eckberg out even though he's amazing. (laughs) He is definitely an amazing holistic practitioner. But I think the ability to reach certain audiences, which is what uh, Dennis Pollock was actually talking about, was amazing. And I tried to actually comment on his page. So, Dennis Polak, if you are listening, hey, I think you're an amazing guy. Keep doing what you're doing. I tried to actually comment on your page. And for whatever reason, YouTube was actually blocking me from actually um, uh, leaving that comment. And, of course, I mean nothing but inspirational messages to you. Uh, lots of love to you and your wife. And um, hope that your many quests to Africa um, are amazing as well. Okay, so I'm going to talk a little bit about Dr. Bernstein because, of course, he's he's like the number one guy we're all talking about. Except for maybe Dr. Eckberg. I haven't really heard him talk too much about him, but he's kind of like in the same category almost. Sort of. I mean, Dr. Eckberg isn't a diabetic as far as I know. He has never claimed to be a, a diabetic, but... If he ever became a diabetic, he would know how to control that situation right off the bat because he's very good at what he talks about. He knows what he's talking about. Um, And of course, uh, the diabetics who've been able to conquer their diabetes, they know what they're talking about. They have the first account of of being in the trenches with this this disorder. Whereas you, you may go to a doctor who has no idea Uh, exactly what you're going through because uh, you know it's something they've learned about medical school but it was just a thing they learned in medical school you know for instance they're a general practitioner so they kind of treat everything Mm -hmm. so they don't really remember or know because impossible after you cram a bunch of information into someone if they haven't had if they haven't had to deal with it from day one it's pretty easy to forget. I mean, uh, doctors are human just, just like the rest of us, and one of the things I learned in psychology was if you don't use it, you lose it. So, um, gradually, you actually lose information. Like, for instance, if you're um, taking a test, you know, of course, it's always good practice to actually do your homework, practice your lessons, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to get ready for your test, but you're also going to lose some of that information. So. Really, I think tests are just based on how much information you can retrain or retain. So if you're actually retraining your brain and giving yourself little mini refreshers every day, though, you're going to ace that test because, of course, uh, practice makes perfect. So if you wanted to get an A in your class, just make sure to do your homework and review that information. Refresh it once a week so that you actually have that information. So that's a a cute little tip for you if you need to get that 4.0 or above GPA. But anyways, it has nothing to do with Dr. Bernstein. I just thought I'd throw that out there. Now, Dr. Bernstein, I was actually listening to one of his many talk topics, and he has what he calls Diabetes University. He I mean, I said it wrong because I just started viewing him today. So, uh, but anyways, his university channel. So he has uh, like a lot of videos. I will actually be watching. Uh, I probably plan on binge watching him um, this weekend. Um, but he is just, he's like, I mean, he, he was, he, t- he talked a little bit about his life in the video that I watched. Like, of course, I can't remember the, the video number. I usually actually am pretty good about that. But, um, he was actually diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when he was 12 years old, and he said the sad little story about how he was actually losing weight. He went from like 100 pounds to 80 pounds. And... His mom just kept saying, you're dehydrated. Well, something happened where he ended up getting tested correctly. I think he dropped 20 pounds down to 80 pounds. His mom finally took him to the doctor, and then they found out that he was a type 1 diabetic. I mean, what a way to find out. You're 12 years old, you find out you have diabetes. I had a hard enough time at 35 accepting the fact that I was pre-diabetic, let alone being 12 years old and finding out that you had full-blown diabetes at the age of 12. So... This poor guy went through a lot to get to where he's at. That's one of the reasons why I will refer to Dr. Bernstein quite a bit, and I do have a tremendous amount of respect for the guy because he's been a type one diabetic all his life. The insulin was not working because there's a purpose for insulin, of course, but um, it wasn't working for him. So, you know, later on, I think his twenties or thirties, He ended up coming up with his new diet. Um, There's a story about Dr. Bernstein, I think Dr. Bernstein can actually tell a story better than I can. I'm just kind of going off of memory here. But uh, Dr. Bernstein actually mentioned, he he actually did mention the Atkins diet in this particular episode, but he also mentioned the the backlash that the Atkins diet received back in the medical community about being horrible and and about protein killing your kidneys which he says is absolutely false Um, there's a certain type of there's a certain type of hormone or something of that nature which is is actually the destructive hormone but it actually is not protein on the kidneys Now that's something that I didn't know either, because I was always on the bandwagon with the rest of the community that protein was horrible for the kidney. So I would never suggest keto for somebody who uh, was going into, for instance, uh, kidney disease. I would never suggest a million years because of what I thought I knew. So the thing about medicine is is it it needs to be one of those evolving kind of like things where you're always taking out the bad or old information, the misinformation, the uh, information that people assumed was correct, and then insert it with the correct information. So, I mean, it's just kind of like uh, wheat bread. People think it's perfectly okay to eat wheat bread because only the white bit bread, excuse me, mm, excuse me, only the white bread causes diabetes. Well, no, it's not the case. All bread is considered equally bad all bread with the exception of almond flour coconut flour and coconut flour I cannot eat because it is not great for my system my system doesn't agree with it um, however I'm fine on almond flour almond flour is universal universally amazing but anyways going back to the subject matter Dr. Bernstein So I'm listening to this guy, but I just feel privileged to be able to listen to this guy in my apartment, on YouTube, and the fact that I have the time to actually listen to him. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like so amazed. I cleared my schedule. Now of course I was doing my dishes while I was listening to him, but you know I just turned my radio up full blast. I'm sure my neighbors loved me there for a minute and I'm just listening to Dr. Bernstein. I'm just filling my ears, Dr. Bernstein. So, um, of course I do listen to the line of Judah as well. I had to take a break from that because that's really intense, but, um, so I do get my spirituality from that, uh, from YouTube as well. So, I mean, YouTube's like, I, I do everything. Um, However, I'm not quite sure why I can't leave comments on YouTube. I haven't done anything to be blocked, and for some reason I'm being blocked. So, I don't know. Maybe that'll work itself out. Um, I know that I had limited data through my phone company, so maybe that had something to do with it. But every day I'm learning something new and something different. Now, Dennis Pollock mentioned that one of the people um, commented, and, and you know, I, I like comments too, sometimes I get some really wild off off the chart comments and I'm not exactly sure how to handle it, but he did mention this lady who said, you know, you should talk more about the food and the food I should eat and I don't have time to actually look at all your videos and blah 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 blah. And I'm here thinking, that person's just trolling Dennis Polak, you know, not everybody's going to be in a good mood or whatever when they comment. And I think he was being trolled. So Dennis, if you're listening, I think you're being trolled by that person. So, um, but for those of you that are curious, what I had for breakfast, I had coffee with milk in it and a little bit of whipped topping because whipped topping makes me happy. And I had three boiled eggs. There you go. Hopefully you're satisfied. So if you wanna know what to eat as a diabetic, There you go. You can't go wrong with eggs. I haven't heard anybody say anything wrong about eggs yet. And the more I learn about eggs, the more I like them. So I guess it's fair to say that I thought Dennis Pollock was being trolled by this, this commenter. And now, mind you, I love comments. I love it when people leave comments, I'm just like, oh my goodness people want to know stuff this is awesome so I do like comments uh I do like criticism I get a little bit weirded out though when people come up to me and say oh my gosh I've heard your podcast you're a superstar I don't know exactly how to handle that because I'm just a girl and I'm gonna reiterate that I am just a girl I talk to my phone I try to give inspirational medicine uh, excuse me not medicine I try to get leave inspirational messages to people who want to hear it. Um, so I mean, there's there's bigger icons than me, obviously. So I mean. mean, Dennis Polak won't mention me either because, you know, I'm just, I'm just a girl. (laughs) I'm just a girl with a podcast. I'm nothing special. I don't even have my own YouTube channel. I could start my own YouTube channel, but then I would have to actually dress and look nice. I, and I do dress and look nice by the way, but then I'd have to do that every time I got on the podcast. And I don't know if I want to commit to that just yet. Uh, and speaking of which, I'm not exactly sure. Now I have an appointment tomorrow with, um, uh, Ruku, I think it is, um, to find out about uh, TV, you know, going live on TV, and that's like a major jump. That's not even going to YouTube. That's just jumping straight into Ruku. And I, I'm not even. I, I mean, my I have a brother who has Ruku, so I mean, he could probably tell me a little bit about it. But I thought it was kind of cool, you know, having a TV show or whatnot. Um, <laughs> hey, I was just happy that Amazon added me to their podcasts, and. I I was kind of hoping to be just like Dr. Laura, where for 30 plus years I could just be on the radio and I don't have to worry about TV. And I think Dr. Laura is the same way too. I don't think she wants to be, you know, have to dress up on the air every day. It's not like you get paid for this, so, uh, I mean, maybe one day I will, but not now. (laughs) Okay, so back to reality. Back to reality TV. It's kind of like if you go to Hollywood, you see what it really is like. And then you're just like, what was the big deal? The only thing exciting about Hollywood is the fact that I was there. But, man, what a dump. <laughs> <laughs> reality TV. Okay. Um, so, as you know, my wanderlust has taken me all the way from... Idaho to Arizona all the way to West Virginia and now I'm stuck here. So eventually I'll get back to the West Coast. Um, I have some obligations now. It's kind of funny. I thought I was going to be here for like a month originally. It ended up three months, six months, and now I had to sign a lease for a year, so I'm a little bit sad by that because that means I'm going to be here for a year, but I I believe that there's a purpose and a reason for everything, so I'm just going to go with the flow here and. So I am official West Virginia resident. This is bad because this means I have to change my license plate over. I was not hoping to do that. But they're not getting my driver's license. I am not changing that over. It is not going to happen. Okay. Um, what was I talking about? Okay, doc- back to Dr. Bernstein. Okay, so Dr. Bernstein, of course, uh, there were actually a couple of videos that I actually wanted to verify. One was uh, he actually had... Um, he actually talked about the, the 17-year-old kid who was able to reverse his type 1 diabetes kind of like the same way he did. And uh, of course, I wanted to verify this this video because Dennis Pollock had actually talked about it about a week ago. And uh, of course, I was all happy about it. I'm like, wow, this kid reverses type 1 diabetes and some of that nature. Um, what kind of disturbed me and made me a little bit sad is, is this kid, he was saying, you know, I just want to have a normal life. I just want to be normal. And isn't that like all diabetics? We all want to have normal lives. But what's different about us as compared to this 17 year old kid, is the fact that he's 17. So, um, you know, my heart goes out to him because I mean, all he wants to have is like a normal birthday cake and... Pizza with his friends and to do all these things eat junk food and drink lots of beer, you know, in college and stuff, or whatever it is that young people do. Um, Let's just stick to beer. But, um, so I'm listening to his his talk, and you know, it's very short and sweet. And of course, you know, verified that, you know, somebody asked him, well, how do you eat pizza? Well, I just take the topping off. I just eat the topping and I leave the bread, you know, so that way I can still eat pizza with my friends. He didn't mention the cake or anything though. I I really would love to actually bake him an almond flour cake one of these days. Now I have no idea how to make one, but I'm sure all I'd have to do is like switch out a couple substitutions and you can make a, a perfectly fine cake. I'm not gonna lie to you, almond flour is nothing like like wheat flour or white flour. It's, it's nothing. It doesn't even taste the same. It's, it's not. It's definitely a different consistency, a different taste. Some of you who may have heard me say, well, just switch it out with almond flour, and blah, 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 and who have actually tried and said this is nothing like it. You're right. It's not. It's something different. Different is good, but if you're hoping for it to take, taste 100% like flour, it's just not going to happen. It's kind of like uh, your tab sodas back in the days. Uh, raise your hand if you remember tab soda, <laughs> right? Tab soda back in the 80s. That stuff tasted like cough medicine. Let's just get real. It was horrible. There's a reason why they pulled it from the shelves. It was horrible. But for somebody who couldn't have sugar like me, I couldn't have sugar as a kid. One, uh, my father found out he had diabetic. He was a diabetic and. Too. He he knew that if he had it, his children were going to have it. So he was going to pull sugar. And so I got to drink Tab at the age of, early ages of 8 and 9 years old. Horrible, right? 8 and 9 year old drinking Tab. If I wanted a soda pop, Tab it was. So eventually you uh, accrue a taste for it. And uh, a lot of diabetic foods such as almond flour, nothing different. You develop a taste for that. So um you're cooking from scratch though so definitely put on your 1950s homemade apron and get to work in the kitchen no more fast food sorry not gonna happen not not without you feeling totally dumb because who orders a a, a big mac and just eats the meat and throws away the buns in front of everybody i mean you look like a lunatic and uh but you know what (laughs) you're diabetic so i mean you just have to eat differently So you either put up with looking like a lunatic or you learn to cook at home or nobody can see you. So, I mean, a lot of people do it. Don't feel bad. So was I talking about Dr. Bernstein? I was. Okay. So I regress. Dr. Bernstein, of course, he went over, uh, you know, those kids history and stuff, uh, uh, did the interview and, um, It reminded me of a lot of what Dr. Bernstein went through, what this kid is going through. and I, I just kind of put myself in Dr. Bernstein's shoes and, you know, he really wanted to help this kid out and so of course this kid was patient at his office. And I really think that they made headway. So his, I don't know, one thing I don't know is if the kid is still on insulin or if he's just doing Dr. Bernstein's diet. So, of course, um, I'll have to to re-watch that video and give you an update on that. But, you know, that was really important, but it it also reminds me of how fortunate many of us are that, and how we take for granted just the little things such as eating a birthday cake. Because as this kid was talking about, he just wanted to be like his friends. And aren't we all in that same boat where we all want to be just like our, our peers? We, we don't want to be abnormal. But, I mean, if you look at it, there's so many people that have different food habits anyways that actually separates us from people and, um, you know, like there's people who don't eat pork, there's people who don't eat meat, there's people who... Uh, don't eat shellfish. There's people who uh, don't eat sugar. You know, th- there's always um, culture events that separate people. Uh, but also, if you look at diets as well, it's, it's actually used to separate people. It's unfortunate, but at least you can tell who your friends are, because your, fr- your real friends aren't going to care if you uh, take the bun off at of McDonald's, if you're eating a McDonald's and throw it away. They're not going to care. They're just going to be like, oh, okay, that's just Charlie. You know, <laughs> He doesn't eat the bun. So, I mean, no big deal. Um, so, okay. So what if you eat like a five-year-old? A five-year-old probably wouldn't eat the bun either. Four or five-year-old. Uh, maybe a seven-year-old. <laughs> so you just don't have mom behind you saying, make sure you eat your bun. Don't just eat the meat. You know, I, that's how I grew up. So I had to eat on my plate what was put before me, I couldn't pick and choose but as a diabetic just think of it this way you can pick and choose what you want to eat now how cool is that Uh, as long as it's within the dietary guidelines for diabetic and it's gonna keep you healthy okay so and uh, so that was it about dr. Bernstein I guess uh, I'll finish this up by saying um, you know Jesus he heals he counsels he teaches Jesus isn't going to care what religion you are, but he's definitely going to point out where his power comes from, and that's because Jesus is God, and uh, so he's going to share that with you. So it it doesn't matter who I'm talking to about uh, the message from Jesus Christ, but just know that all authority, all power comes from him. So you have the ability as a diabetic to actually reverse your disorder. Uh, the knowledge is out there, people have done the research, people who are inspired by God, and there's some people who I have no idea what their backgrounds are. So, but either way, these are people who are out there to help you, they're legitimate. And uh, Dennis Pollock, Dr. Bernstein, uh, Stein Eckberg, uh, Fung, and you know, um, Dennis Pollock has gone into talking about these people as well amazing people. My name wasn't up there because I'm just a girl again. Power oh, Okay, speaker. <laughs> and um, yeah, my name wasn't up there, I'm just a girl, but I'm actually going to get just a girl t-shirts and I was thinking about doing just a guy too, and then I was thinking maybe I should do just a gal. But I do call myself just a girl, so it'll be just a girl, or I could do just a boy. Uh, maybe I should do gal. I guess it's more appropriate to say I'm a gal rather than a girl. And then I'll do just a guy t shirts. But then I was thinking about getting aprons too that uh, said diabetic survival on them. So the whole point of the apron is to remind you that you're diabetic in case you're new or in case you're old. But to be proud, wear like a badge because you belong to the best diabetic club ever. You have supportive people out there who care about you, who actually care about your blood sugar numbers, cares about what happens to you. You do have people out there who care. How cool is that? Because let me tell you something, 11 years ago when I was a diabetic girl, actually pre-diabetic, um, Not too many people really care. They're just like, oh, I guess you're going to die from diabetes. Uh, I was very sad. I I was very, I felt very much alone. I didn't feel like I had anyone. It was horrible. I wasn't even feeling very Christian-like back then because I didn't feel like I had any type of support network. And you go to church and all they want is 10%, but they don't really want to know what's going on with you. And that's not how Jesus Christ was. Jesus Christ is all about love. So, anyways, um... Yeah, so I think I'm gonna start a chain of T-shirts and and aprons and other fun stuff. So maybe coffee mugs. <laughs> so I may be the only person that has my gear, but hey, I will be set because I'm gonna make sure that uh, I'm gonna make sure that I am totally the poster child diabetic girl for type 2 diabetes because I really really believe in the message that uh, I'm trying to share with you the the people that um, are doing an amazing bang up job to help you reverse your type 2 diabetes and I know that if type 1s can do it there's no reason this is this is This is like a cakewalk for type, no pun intended, but cakewalk for type 2 diabetics. So um, thanks to the amazing, amazing type 1 diabetics out there such as Dr. Bernstein. So giving him credit, I'm going to give him a clap, great job, thank you so much. Uh, Thank you Dennis Pollock, thank you Dr. Stein Eckberg, thank you God, God you're amazing. Thank him every morning. Um, and every night too gotta pray to God. But especially thank you to my listening audience because I am just like getting on an, uh, an Amazon podcast to me, I know to some people it may not be a big deal, but for me to be on an Amazon podcast after a year of, of having episodes um, on acre is just absolutely mind-blowing to me that's like winning an award or something and that's that's cool if I actually get on tv which I'm kind of a little bit apprehensive about but I mean I would do it it's just I'm a little bit apprehensive because then I'm gonna have to change a lot of things uh including turning my apartment into a studio (sighs) I can do it but then do I want to commit to it's the same so um for now it's just podcasts who knows what the future will hold, maybe a special diabetic girl coffee mug, and, uh, (laughs) when I get that stuff out, hopefully, uh, you'll help sponsor this channel, um, also another thing, um, again, I, I've mentioned Uber, uh, Uber had contacted me, this is a few days ago, um, and I actually did have a podcast on this as well, But Uber actually was raising money for the Afghan families who have been displaced. So they're helping with transportation, housing, etc. And so if you use Uber and you get that on your app for donation, I'm not quite sure who's matching it, if it's PayPal or if it's Uber, but still it's a pretty amazing thing to do, but they're matching dollar for dollar up to a million dollars. And, um, I thought that was a kind of a cool thing to actually do for a bunch of people, Americans who were actually stranded in Afghanistan. Plus, uh, I guess there are some Afghanistans as well that have been misplaced. So, um, again, Uber Eats, thank you so much for that or Uber for doing that. Uh, and special thanks to PayPal as well, because I'm not quite sure who's actually doing the matching, but somebody is and, uh, use the service, utilize it. Um, now I think Uber, I think their part in it was, I don't know if they, they were matching up to a million dollars plus, um, planning on giving them free rides or if it was just the free rides and then PayPal, um, was, was doing the million dollars. But I know it was, uh, they were partnered together. So I'm just going to give credit to both of them. Oh yes. And in other news. Now there is a way that you can actually get your A1C um, taken from your home where you don't have to visit your doctor. You can actually get the labs done. And um, this is something that I've mentioned in a couple of podcasts way back when. But uh, then I also had this Pollock in his video actually mention it. I'm like, okay, well, we're all on the same page anyway, so if uh, he... Uh, takes information or our information correlates with each other is perfectly fine because um, as long as there's a positive message getting out there and it's helping somebody that's awesome that's the whole point of it so um, yes you can actually get your lab tests done and sent to your home to find out where your a1c is at if you've never had one before um you can still do this But I would actually recommend going to a doctor just because if, like, let's say you think you're diabetic but you're not sure, you've never had your blood sugar tested or anything of that nature, you do need to get started. If you can't afford a doctor, there are, and I'm going to say this loosely because it's not everywhere, but there are certain clinics that'll either not charge you. It's like, if you're here in America, you gotta worry about the financials of the whole medical thing. It's all messed up. It's like they punish you for being disabled. I, I don't know why that is, but, um, I would go to your doctor, at least for the start to see, just to make sure you're not so severely diabetic that you need injections immediately of insulin, otherwise you're gonna die. So... <laughs> Okay, I'm not laughing at the situation. I'm laughing at how I actually delivered it. So, (laughs) okay, this is serious. Okay, so actually having a doctor recognize that there is a problem, I should say, would be a good step for you to make because you certainly don't want to have to pay for an A1C test if you're not even a diabetic. So, I mean, not everybody's diabetic. Not everybody has severe problems, but some people do. So the purpose of an A1C is to keep yourself in check to see where you're at. And a really good doctor, when you walk into his office, he's gonna take a look at you. He's gonna be like, okay, she's overweight, she's over 40. Um she obviously has something wrong, she came to me, so let's check her blood sugar, see where she's at. We'll start off with a blood sugar test. And if it's kind of high, they might, you know, like, let's say they had you fasting and stuff before you came in, before they took the blood sugar. It's a little bit high. They're like, hmm, you might have diabetes, maybe. Let's, because it's, it's a factor. So let's go ahead and run an A1C. So usually it's, it's like the next step process that they do. And then they'll call you back in the office and say, well, you know, your A1C was was high, or you're pre-diabetic, or diabetic, or whatever. They'll tell you whatever. You know, they just want to make sure you're ha- healthy, happy, and alive. Um, so it's always a good first step, uh, second step is maintenance and of course maintenance is kind of crazy because I, I remember they had me into the doctors every three months and honestly I did not know how I was going to swing it and I just happened to luck out because my job at the time had insurance so I was able to see my doctor, primary care doctor for $20, usually they tested my blood sugar and said, ah, okay the medication's working so you don't need to do anything else. So I never had to see an endocrinologist, even though I admire what endocrinologists do. I guess maybe they're geared more towards type 1s? Not sure. I've never seen one, hopefully I never have to, but the last doctor I just talked to a couple weeks ago didn't seem to think I needed an endocrinologist because I was doing just fine. Awesome! Hopefully her information was correct because now I'm not planning on seeing an endocrinologist. All right, but I did not have an A1c test taken which I find kind of weird, but it might have been, you know, what her office could actually do. So I probably will get, um, an A1C test myself, which means that I will contact a lab and I will drive down to the lab office where I actually get blood work done. I'll have them send that to the lab and then I'll get my A1C. So, um, a little bit different between A1C and a lipid panel. If I wanted to know what was going on with my lipid paddles, such as my cholesterol and stuff, I would go ahead and do that as well, but um, of course, being a diabetic, I am just mainly concerned with, you know, what regular everybody is worried about, and that's where my blood sugar's at. So, as far as the cholesterol and stuff goes, I've never had high cholesterol, and for whatever reason, because I was diabetic in the first place, they put me on a cholesterol-lowering medication, which I find kind of funny, but uh, considering I am on high protein... Which is basically normal protein. I just, you know, don't eat the carbs, but whatever. Um, I didn't really find it necessary, but I regress. So, anyways, so big changes or might, may or may not be coming, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to all my podcasts that I actually have. So, and of course. I still look forward to your wonderful messages too. So if I do not answer you, I may not have gotten your message. So um, you can always send a message to mfrankart0001 at gmail.com. And of course, Acre is uh, my home podcast. So there's different podcasts that I have out there, but Acre is definitely a way to actually contact me. There's supposed to be a way to actually send me messages. Um, I have yet to actually get any messages on it, so I'm not quite sure. Maybe I set it up wrong or something, but I'm still getting emails, so, and I just haven't had any, you know, relative questions yet to where I can actually read it on here, or permission, I should say, so, um, just keeping that to myself, and I've had a couple interviews not go through, (laughs) so, not go through properly, so, um, that, that'll be in the future as well. In the future... But I would love, just for people listening to my channel, I would love to interview Thomas DeLore, uh, Dennis Pollock, uh, Dr. Richard Bernstein. Uh, did I miss anybody? Oh, Dr. Stein Eckberg. Um, oh, Dr. Jason Fong. I would love to interview any of those people. Those people are great. Also, I am looking for someone I want to know more about the type 1 experience of diabetes because I've always concentrated on type 2. I've always had my blinders on I have to admit when it came to type 1 because I have no idea how to even like my heart goes out. I don't even know how to deal with that. And so with type 1 it is just way different and I, I have always thought that that, you know, it was a different disease and stuff, but really with Dr. Bernstein being able to reverse his diabetes through keto, I started to see how similar type 1 and type 2 actually is. So I had always looked at them as different disorders, kind of like multiple sclerosis and diabetes. What's the correlation? I don't think there is one. And that there actually might be one because I've have heard stories, have not verified, because there's just not enough time in the day for me to work and for me to do research, but I have heard stories about um, keto reversing multiple sclerosis, Um, but I've only heard it once, and so, of course, that that raises the eyebrow a little bit with, like, what's going on here? Keto diet's helping people with... Epilepsy, cancer, just stories, mind you, just stories of cancer. Multiple sclerosis, cancer, epilepsy, diabetes. What is going on with our food chain is what I'm thinking. Well, you've heard me mention something about the food chain before. If you've actually listened to previous episodes, our food chain is messed up. We need to go back to natural. We need to go back to what we had before. We need to stop, you know pumping up our fruits and vegetables with poisons and uh, trying to make them look delicious and everything of that nature and go back to nature. Uh, And also, if you think about it, um, a child's natural curiosity of likes and dislikes, they're not very fond of vegetables. I mean, it's very rare you find a kid who says, hmm, pass the peas, please. It does happen. I'm not saying it doesn't. Or, ooh, please pass a spinach. Usually kids are conditioned by their parents to eat fruits and vegetables. Okay, I'm not knocking my parents, it's good for you. There's some nutrition, there's some nutrition in it. But nowadays with all the nutrients being stripped out of our our vegetables now, uh, fruits that are are pumped up to be sweeter than they actually technically were in nature, um, why are we passing this stuff on to our kids? Why are we doing that? We shouldn't be doing that. So, maybe a kid's natural inclination to turn down the... Hello, but anyways, um, I gotta wrap this up because I forgot it about appointment that I had to attend. So, um, they just called to remind me. So, I, I got a little bit too passionate about this one. But, anyways... Ooh... But anyways, um, thank you so much for listening. I have people listening from all over. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I do check my stats to see, uh, what age you are. I do see what sex you are. I do see, it's the demographics thing. So I get all excited when I'm like, oh, ooh, look, the 50 to 60 age category really likes me. Actually, it's 45 to 56 or something. But, uh, so my peers are are really giving me some great um, recommendations, so thank you so much for that. And uh, hopefully uh, you find some of this information useful. If you have time to actually go on YouTube and actually look up some of the references that I have given, you will see that there definitely is hope, there's help, and there's definitely a long life for um, future diabetics. So just keep up the good faith, practice, 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 learn everything you can. Take the sugar out of your food, you know, be the mom to yourself that you need to be and live your life so that you live a long, happy life for your children, for your grandchildren, great, great grandchildren, and be an example. Even if you don't have any of these people in your life, just be a good example because I can guarantee you somebody somewhere is going to admire you for your strength and for the fact that you lived up until your old ages of 80, 90, 100 years old instead of dying prematurely. So you're giving them hope too that if they become a diabetic, it's okay. It's just a thing. I just got to, you know, change my dye a little bit and I'll be just fine. All right. So again, thank you for listening. This has been Margaret from the Fragrance and you have a great day. Oh yes. And be kind to each other. I can't forgive that one.